morning. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Can we say Merry Christmas or Blessed Christmas yet? It's December. Can we do that? Can, right? Can, right? Okay. Blessed Christmas to all of you guys, okay? Now, because we're in the Christmas season, today I want to share with you, I want to begin our Advent season. Uh, but just before uh, we get into the serious stuff, I want to pour you out a little bit more, okay? So I know, I can see many of you came with family or you're sitting next to someone you're fairly familiar with, or even if you're not, okay? If this is too stressful, you don't have to do it. But if it's okay for you, Turn to the person next to you. Now, this is very, some of the scariest words you can hear in church if you're an introvert is turn to the person next to you, all right? So if, 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 if it's not your cup of tea, you don't have to do this, okay? okay? You have my permission to not do it. But if it is your cup of tea, share with that person what is one word you associate with Christmas. Okay, so maybe it's, it's parties, or maybe it's dinners, or maybe it's gifts, maybe it's service, maybe it's tree or decorations, toys, gifts. So what, what would it be? Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's a panic attack. I don't know, right? Share with the person next to you what is your one word um, uh, that Christmas reminds you of. All right. What are some of your one words? Can you all shout out? What, what, what are some of the one words? Anybody here said gifts? Who said gifts? Can you just raise your hand? Anyone here said gifts? Yes? Yes, you're raising your hands, okay? Uh, anyone said something food-related? Dinners uh, or makan? Maybe you said Christmas pudding or turkey or something like that, right? Okay, some of you all said something food related. Did someone say uh, church uh, service related? Any, uh, any answers re related to church service? Yep, we got, we got one hand here, okay? Yep, yep. Did anybody say family related? Raise your hands. Yep, family related. Some of you raising your hand. What else is your answer? Huh? I'm very curious. I, I, I'm thinking that I've given the, the major categories already. Holidays. Who goes on holidays during Christmas? Raise your hands. Yeah. Anybody say holidays? Yeah. Yeah. We got some holidays. What's that? Christmas songs. Who who say Christmas songs? Right. We got we got Christmas songs. Christmas movies. It's even more niche, right? No, none of you say Christmas movies. Okay. I, Elliot said. I'm not sure what Elliot said. Thanks, Elliot. Yeah. Craziness. All right. Cool. Um. All right. Uh. Son, could you pick up the hair tie on the floor, son? And then uh, as you go to the back. Good. Good job. Good stuff, son. All right. Um, it's, it's, it's a month of Christmas, right? And I'm so glad I heard all the things you shared because we don't always approach Christmas um, on the same page. We don't all walk into December um, in the same mind and with the same heart. Uh, some of us, for some of us, Christmas um, brings back great memories. Um, uh, some, for some of us, we are, we are still creating those great memories or doing our best to create those great memories uh, for our loved ones today. For some of us, they do bring back good memories, but it feels like those memories and those experiences may feel a little bit irretrievable because, because you just can't recreate some of those things anymore. For some of us, Christmas brings grief brings pain, brings sorrow. Um, for some of you, maybe you, are, you found yourself alone in town, you know, and you don't have family. So maybe you have family. Um, but like me, when I was a fresh grad, your family is not Christian, you know. So Christmas is, is fun until everybody does their family thing. And then you're left alone and, uh, and, and you realize that, hey, you know what? I'm having a blue Christmas without you, right? Um, and so, I, I don't want to assume that everyone finds the Christmas season um, all joy and holly, right? Um, for some of you, it might be a time of anxiety. Maybe you've, you, you've just, you're just overcommitted on your Christmas program. You're hosting too many times and you're attending too many things and you're stressing out because, um, because you've, you haven't gone to the wholesalers to buy, to buy frozen things yet, right? Maybe, I don't know, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that it's easy in this season of Christmas to drift towards activity rather than rest. 
it's our, we are we tend in this season to drift towards activity and motion and and busyness rather than to drift towards the presence of God a slowing down and entering into a season of anticipation not for all the things you've lined up but anticipation for the Lord and so here in our church Sungai Bulut SIBKL we want to intentionally take all of you through a season of Advent how many of you are familiar with Advent and you have done Advent in a church before can you just give a little wave right a little wave um two Malaysians and one German, right? <laughs> so so one, one, one third of us, one third of the hands raised is, uh, is obviously uh, a European. This, this does feel sometimes like an Angmo tradition, but it shouldn't necessarily be. Advent literally means waiting for the coming. Okay, it's like coming. It means arrival. It means coming. And Advent used in a Christian context in this time of the year means waiting, anticipating the arrival, the coming of our Lord Jesus. How? In three ways. Right? So I'm just going to quickly give you the big picture of Advent. We wait for Jesus by doing the first thing is we anticipate, we remember Remember the Christians who have come before us, generations and generations through your whole Old, Old Testament and New Testament, believers of Yahweh waiting for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of the Savior. We remember they are waiting and we identify with their waiting. And of course, that waiting ends with the coming of Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And as we celebrate Christmas now, we come into a second kind of waiting. The second waiting is that we await the entering of God into the lives of those we love. And we wait for that. I know some of you are waiting for that. Some of you have been waiting for that for years now. And we anticipate the entry of God into our loved ones' lives. And then together, we are all caught in a third kind of waiting. And that waiting is that we collectively wait for the second coming of our Lord Jesus. And it is at this second coming where Jesus will finally, decisively, completely repair all that is broken in this world and put right all that is wrong all that has gone so wrong in the world we live in. So my friends, as we anticipate Christmas, let us anticipate Christmas in a kind of expectation with a longing in our hearts for something better than all this. Let us anticipate Christmas with, uh, with a heart that yearns and pines for the arrival of the Lord in so many ways. And so, my friends, today and next Sunday and the Sunday after, we will be doing our services just slightly differently. The worship will go on as per normal. The icebreakers will go on as per normal before that. And I want to encourage you uh, um, uh, to that as well. But during the time where I normally take to preach and to teach and to break down Greek words and to, and to give you three-point sermons, we will be doing it slightly differently as you will experience in a moment. We will be taking it down, slowing things a little bit. Remember, we drift towards activity rather than presence. We'll be slowing down a little bit. I'll be reading you scripture. And to some extent, I will do my best to let scripture speak for itself as much as we can. We'll spend time in reflection. I'll give a short sermonette and we'll spend time in reflection so that you can connect with the Lord. And then we'll spend time praying. I hope, I hope that will be alright with you guys. But first, I want to bring you into this text. In Advent, in this season, I shared with you a moment ago that when Jesus comes again, He comes to decisively repair 
all that is broken. We do live in a broken world. And so I'm going to read you a text that speaks about the brokenness of the world we live in. And as you read, as I read this, I want you to pay attention to the word that is being read. I want to attempt to do this. I want to read it two rounds. Is that okay? I want to read it two rounds. In this first round of reading, I would like you to hear and just allow the word to wash over you. You don't have to think too deeply about it yet. You don't have to start, don't start breaking down the Greek and all those things. I know some of us are prone to that. Just relax. Allow the word to speak. And if any word or phrase jumps out at you, you don't have to overthink it. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Rest on it. That's all I need from you. Are we okay? Okay, I'll be reading slowly. I want to invite you into time in the Word. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 onwards. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. I want to encourage you to close your eyes before the Lord, to shut out everything that is happening around you, to allow that word to speak to you. As we enter into the second reading of the same text, this round, as the word is being read, if any new word shows up to you, then I want to encourage you to just reflect and meditate on the relationship between the things that stood out now and the things that stood out in the first reading. It's okay if nothing stands out for you in this reading. If something stood out in the first, I want you to continue to rest in it. But maybe this time you can ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me? You can ask the Lord, Lord, what response are you, are you looking for me to have to this word? The second reading. Romans chapter 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Allow the word to rest in you. Allow yourself to rest in the word. Father, we thank you for this word that you have given us through Romans chapter 8. And I pray a blessing over every seed that represents a thought, an idea, a stirring in our hearts right now. I bless every single one of those thoughts and impressions that you yourself are imprinting upon the hearts of our people on this morning. Lord Jesus, may you cover every one of them with the blood of Jesus Christ. And may you seal it and protect it that it may bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A little sharing from me now on this. We are familiar in our Bibles with Genesis 3, often until Revelation 20. When we look at our Bibles from Genesis 3 onwards, we see a picture of a broken creation. And sometimes we read our Bibles until proverbially, huh? until Revelation 20 until just before everything is renewed, recreated, restored, and repaired. And I understand why. Because the world we live in is deeply, deeply broken. And the disobedience of our forefathers, Adam and Eve in that garden, set forth a chain of brokenness that exists until today we feel its effects. It broke my heart recently when I was with a dear friend of mine, someone who has been going through a, a difficult a year, a very difficult year. And this friend shared, saying, have you ever thought about what happens when a glass falls onto the floor and smashes, if you can slow it down, there is a point in which the glass is broken, but it's still breaking. And this friend of mine said, that's me right now. And it broke my heart. What a picture. And maybe no one ever described 
a picture of the broken world quite like that for you before. But when this friend of mine described his year to me in that way, I thought, is that not right? Is that not how our world can feel like some days? Broken and still breaking. And yet, we have a hope as Christians. We are told in church, we go home, we read our Bibles, we are told that we have a hope of a Redeemer, a Restorer, a God who puts everything back together. In Him, the whole world coheres. In Him, the whole world is held together. And yet we look around us and we see how broken the world is. As Malaysians, we have just come out of an election cycle. And it might appear quite peaceful for you and I. I don't know if it does. Maybe for some of us, we ended up with a, with a compromise that we are happy to put up with for the next five years, if it can even last five years. And we say fairly peaceful, decent, I'll take it. But right beneath the surface, we saw that our country is deeply divided, is deeply broken, and that animosity towards one another, maybe not quite so alive in the city, is very much alive all throughout our country. Much closer to home, I alluded earlier that Christmas can sometimes be a time of anxiety and panic and fear and stress for many people. Why is that? I spent some time thinking about this. That when our forefathers disobeyed the Lord, and decided to so-called rebel, so-called do it their own way in that garden, the image, the replica of God was shattered. And in so shattering, our image of ourselves is now marred. And together with our own image of ourselves is our relationship with the one whom we were reflecting our relationship with God, that too now is broken. We live in a world where our own image of ourselves and our relationship with the source of that image is shattered. We try to put it back together. Sometimes we can almost get a semblance of God when we see ourselves in the mirror. But the word says, now I see but a poor reflection in the mirror. One day I shall see face to face. Now I know in part. One day I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And so together with that broken image of God and image of ourselves comes all the other breakings. Our relationship with one another now becomes exploitative and functional. Now relationship with one another becomes untrusting and built around blame and looking after ourselves. We are more prone to jaga tepi kain sendiri and throw each other under the bus. Maybe it doesn't happen here or maybe it does, just not here. Our marriages come under pressure. We don't quite know how to be married. Sometimes we don't quite know how to stay married. We feel the pressures of having to love another selflessly. Sometimes we do that 
not so well and we love each other selfishly, sometimes, depending on how you are made up, you do it too well and you love each other overly, overly selflessly to the point that you have retained none of yourself and you give yourself away to the extent that, that you don't even know who you are. And that's okay if the other is loving you back selflessly. It is not so okay if the other one is happy to take and take and take. Our parenting is broken. How many times have I myself, if I may confess before you, church, lost my temper, raised my voice, banged on some object around the house because just flooded Have you gone through that yourself? Maybe for some of you, you need to think back more years before you can retrieve the memories of, of your own parenting failures. But we all have them, I'm sure. Our work now yields not just fruit, but fruit with thorns, fruit with briars, fruit with thistles, fruit with fruitlessness. We toil. We put it into systems that have holes because everything sometimes feels broken. Money and our dysfunctional relationship with consumerism. Or how we love to own and hoard and accrue and collect and store up in barns. And we tear down old barns to build new ones just so that we can stockpile more stuff. Our relationship with race is not right in Malaysia right now. It's not right. Our relationship with justice has never been right. Our relationship with the foreigner on our land is often not right. Government and politics, I don't need to say much. Together with the marring of our self-identity comes the marring of our gender identity and our sexual identity. I don't need to say much. And our relationship with the land is callous at best, outright exploitative at worst. And we don't think that we are the ones who will pillage the land for its riches. But we are not very good at caring for it either. We are surrounded now by decay, disease, death, church. The world we live in needs a saviour. The world we live in is when you take time to list all the brokenness out, deeply broken. I don't want to rush you into fixing the world. I don't want to rush you into being hopeful from not to 100. I want you to sit in the God-given grief that you have for the way in which the world is broken. I have a reflection question for you. And I want you to sit in this for a moment. What grieves you most about the way the world is broken? Can you take a moment and invite Jesus into that grief? I don't need you to problem solve now. I don't need you to pray for God to problem solve now. 
there will be a second half and there will be two more weeks of this. I need you to acknowledge your grief. I need you to be open and conscious and present before the Lord in a pain that He Himself has put in you because pain is always a reminder that all is not right. So church, take a minute and rest in this. Lord Jesus, you see what is in my heart. I've brought this grief before you. Today, Lord, I want to name it before you. Church, take a moment right now and name it to the Lord. Give it a name. Say it. Tell him what it is. Lord Jesus, Isaiah described you, Lord Jesus, as a man of sorrows. For you carried all the brokenness of this world upon your shoulders. How heavy. Lord Jesus, we come before you on this morning to acknowledge that which is in our hearts. The weight, the pain, the fear, the anxiety, the hurt. the grief. You have not called us to carry more than we can bear. But you have called us to have our finger on the pulse, to know that we are alive. Lord, today, we hand this grief over to you. Church, hand this grief which he has given to you, hand it back to the Lord. And the Lord is going to say to you, my daughter, my son, I want you to hold some of this. I want you to hold some of it, not all, because all is too much for you to bear. I want you to hold a bit of it. He will tell you how much. Because I want you to understand the grief of the people outside of the walls of church. People who do not have the hope of Jesus. I want you to be able to hold just a little bit. And in so holding, you remember the cross or did, my not, did not my word say that we carry the cross in us daily? Did my word not say 
daily pick up your cross and follow me. Father, we thank you. And we ask, Lord, that you help us. Help us to negotiate how much to carry and how much to let go to you because we are not good at this. Some of us will carry too much and we burden ourselves beyond what we can handle. Some of us will avoid and carry too little and we go through life without an awareness of the pains that this world experiences. Lord Jesus, keep us close to the cross, both to touch it, but also to transfer to it. We give you thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read to you now a series of scripture from Isaiah, beginning from Isaiah 43, pushing into Isaiah 54. And it's a beautiful span of scripture. It's something that I'm currently in right now. Isaiah 40 to 55 is one entire poem of poems. I don't read to you a few texts from this section of Isaiah. The same thing as we did earlier, there will be two rounds of reading. Isaiah 43. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah 54. Sing, barren woman, you who, who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says Yahweh. For your maker is your husband. Yahweh Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Isaiah 54 continues, Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. All your children will be taught by Yahweh, and great will be their peace. In righteousness, you will be established. Let the word of the Lord wash over you and rest on you. The second reading. Remember that in this reading, allow the word that God is showing you to speak to you. Consider and meditate on its relationship to other words in this text. And ask the Lord, Lord, what is the response you are looking for from me? Isaiah 43, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. 
Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says Yahweh. For your maker is your husband. Yahweh Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Afflicted city, lashed by storms, and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli, all your children will be taught by Yahweh and great will be their peace. In righteousness, you will be established. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this beautiful picture of repair. We thank you, Lord, that though we ourselves are barren, broken, damaged, unable to give birth to anything of note while we were on our own, cast adrift in the sea of this broken life, but you, out of your mercy, out of your grace, out of your abundant love for us, would be our husband and would give us fruitfulness in spite of us. Would give us the grace of restoration Lord Jesus, thank you. And help us know what it is you are doing in our midst. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. You know, church, this series of scripture in Isaiah, it shows us a hopeful picture. And I do want you to have a hopeful picture. I didn't bring you here today to depress you. The Lord says, I am doing a new thing. But can you see? The Hebrew word is behold. It's to stop and step back and actually see what He is doing. But church, sometimes we are so busy, we don't see what He is doing. To be fair, sometimes He can be quite subtle in what He does. And us with our notoriously lacking in subtlety, rushing from one thing to another, like little explosions, exploding in the home, exploding on the road, exploding at work, exploding on the road, exploding back at home. Little combustions. That's who we are. Sometimes the work of God might just be a hush, too low for us to hear. But the word says, behold, I am doing a new thing. As if to remind us that every time we say, no lah, nothing's going to happen lah. It's all the same lah. Different day, but same monkey. Every day, different, different, but still the same. The Lord says, do you not perceive it? Do you not see that I am making a river and bringing streams into wastelands? Do you not see that I am bringing life into places of death? Do you not see that out of an infertile ground, I'm going to cause a river that whose leaves will be the healing for the nations? Church, 
what is he doing? What is he doing among us? Who does he use to do all his doing? I know he uses the Cyruses. And by that, I mean, I know he can use people who don't know him. He knows them. He can use them. But I also know he works in us. I also know he works among us. I also know he works through us. And as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, there is a call much greater, much higher than the many gatherings that we will have. Though each of those gatherings in themselves can be infused with as much meaning as you bring it, as you bring to it. We can do Christmas together upstairs with a lot of bluster. Or we can do Christmas together upstairs with genuine love for everyone who walks through our bazaars and our fun day. We will yield from it how much we put in. And if we approach Christmas season as just another bright sparkle that's going to excite us before we buy new calendars and start our lives with a new number at the back of our year, then that's all it will be to us. But church, we cannot only see Christmas as an end-of-the-year appreciation party. It's much more than that. The Lord says, see, I am doing a new thing. And He is doing a new thing here in Disara Central, here in Sungai Bulo. He is doing a new thing to all the lives of the people who will pass through. He is doing a new thing to all the lives of the people who will be there awaiting those who will pass through. He's doing a new thing in your life. But the first thing He does, I don't want you to jump straight to the doing, uh, church. We've got two more weeks for this. This week, I want you to see. He says in Revelation, I'm just going to read this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! And look also means see. And look also means behold. And I think you're going to see a picture of the final new thing that he is doing. Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And in Revelation 22, the beginning of the very end, he says this, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Church, I want you to reflect on this one thing. And today, I will leave you semi-hanging. Semi-hanging because it's important to not short-circuit the seeing. We like to jump to the doing. 
we are prone to activity, not to rest. What are some ways where you can see God repairing and renewing our broken world? Let us pause and be grateful for it. Don't minimize gratitude. It is a good place to end. Next week, you will get into a bit of doing. But today, rest on this. And as you rest on this, I want to invite the communion team to get the emblems ready. Connect team, just pause. It's okay. Connect team, when you're standing there, just hold. I also want the four of you to pause and also to see. I want the whole serving team to be able to see. What are some ways God is repairing and renewing our broken world? Let us give thanks. Lord Jesus, today we heard about the many ways in which our world is broken and still breaking. We also hear about the way in which the world's healer has healed and is healing has put it together in some ways and is still putting it together. Today we heard that we are the church, your instrument, your instrument for redemption, your partner in this world. Why would you choose us, Lord? By and large, we are not very competent at putting the world back together. If anything, Lord, some days we feel like we are more competent at breaking it even further. Why us? Church, the Lord says, because your heart is soft. I don't need you to be perfect. I need your heart to be soft. When your heart is soft, then I can shape you. And day by day, I can shape you into the likeness of Christ so that I can restore that image that was broken at the start. And in so restoring, I can say to you, be perfect as I am perfect. But not on your own, my church, says the Lord. Team, can you pass the emblems out? If you have never given your life to Jesus and counted Him as your Lord and Saviour and King, I want to encourage you to let these emblems pass you by. But you can ask us about the hope we have in Christ after the service. For the rest of us who are holding the emblems in our hands, I want to encourage you take a moment to give thanks to give thanks to the Lord for the things He has done. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread And after he had given thanks, he said, This is my body, broken 
for you. Do this in remembrance of me, Lord Jesus. Today, we remember you. As you asked us to remember you, obediently today, we want to remember you. We remember your work on the cross. We remember your own brokenness, your own body, broken so that the broken world can be healed. For you took our infirmities, you bore our stripes, and you shouldered our chastisement so that we can be healed and find peace. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. As we partake of this bread, we partake of the memory of our Lord Jesus that we may carry the cross in us every day. Church, let us partake of this bread together. After supper had ended, he took the cup and he said, This, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, thank you for this cup, which is a new covenant in your blood. No longer the blood of bulls and rams and goats and pigeons. No longer the blood of your people. For it was not our own shedding of blood that restored us into covenant. It was the shedding of the blood of Jesus. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for this sacrifice for the blood of Jesus which covers us, covers our own hearts, makes us healed again, restored again, put back together again as we partake of this. Remind us that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Father, thank you for this cup. Church, let us partake of it together. Can I invite the worship team? And as the worship team is coming up, I want to remind you of the song that we just sang earlier today. You know the one that goes, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. And when we say, for the things He has done, I want you to remember the cross. Can you do that? And we'll be singing this song throughout this month as we approach Christmas, every time you hear for the things He has done, remember the cross and remember what is that one thing you see today? Behold, I am doing a new thing. What are the new things that are the things He has done? Lord Jesus, Lift our voices up, Lord Jesus, as we step out of here, having connected with you, having met with you, having entered into your presence. Help us, Lord God, to lift up a hallelujah. Lift up a hallelujah in our workplaces, in the way we love one another. Lift up a hallelujah in our homes, in the way we serve one another. Lift up a hallelujah while we are on the road, in the way we can be safe for one another. Lift up a hallelujah. Lift up a hallelujah in our hearts that is louder, louder, 
and all the brokenness in this world because we know our Redeemer lives and our God who is putting all things together, who is doing a new thing, is giving us today new eyes to see what He has done. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord turn His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance toward you and give you peace. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Amen.